You're tuned into More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy Saturday, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and I know there's a lot of uncertainty in the air these days, especially when it comes to planning for retirement amidst very chaotic times. You know, I know you've heard the news, you've seen the headlines, and you may have felt the effects of this economy on your wallet whether it's inflation, market volatility, or something else. But you know, I know it's not your first rodeo either. I mean, we see market events happen over time and in the long haul, and it's inevitable that it will happen during the retirement phase. You know, many of you saw the hyperinflation of the 70s. You saw the technology bust in 2000, and you made it through the Great Recession of 2008. So as we weather the current economic climate, it's time to restart your retirement engine. As you know, each difficult period comes with both similarities to the past and unique differences. There are a lot of financial options out there that are designed to help Americans through difficult markets. And the the comprehensive financial plan is the number one tool you've got. And we'll get into some of those Uh, pieces that that make up that comprehensive financial plan today, but not all of those options may be right for the moment or for your unique situation. You know, we've got a lot of people peddling things, and is that appropriate for you? Does that fit into your financial plan? It's all about knowing how to use what's available to you to your best advantage, and that's why we're here today, to discuss the tools you have to get your retirement engine on the right track. Or if you're just not sure, to make sure that it's on the retirement, the the correct track. So today, uh, we're going to get into several things in today's show. We're going to talk about why you should not be reactionary with your retirement portfolio. We're going to talk about how to approach risk tolerance. Such an important thing, uh, really for everybody, no matter your age how you can properly use your retirement accounts together, and how that should be coordinated with things like Social Security income planning. How do you sync all that stuff together? It's critically important. And how to address additional risk factors in retirement, things like inflation and medical costs. So that's what we're here to discuss this week. So let's just kind of dive in. The first thing I really want to stress is we don't want to be reactionary with your retirement savings. You know, these past few months, we've seen many changes to the economy. Just this past week, we saw inflation, year-over-year inflation through June 30 went to 9.1%, the highest in over 41 years. It was expected to be 8.8%. 
So it did come in a little higher than expected, uh, but not a lot higher than expected. And ironically, the markets did not react that negatively. The markets did react down a little bit more on Wednesday and some on Thursday and then had a tremendous day up Friday because in the short term, you know, anything can happen. But we've seen a lot of changes, and that could cause you to reconsider your retirement strategy. And, you know, while it's healthy to check in and adjust your retirement finances, there are ways in which you could be making mistakes with your reactions and with your portfolio adjustments. So there's really never been a better time to think about, uh, to think critically about risk tolerance, portfolio holdings, and your overall retirement plan. But, you know, I found when I survey the landscape, whether it's things that are online or or even listening to the radio or watching TV, there's no shortage of what I would call irrelevant financial advice and also hot stock tips that may not work. So there's a lot of noise, frankly, when it comes to financial advice. How can we tell the difference between sound financial advice and an offhand tip that might not work. So I think, you know, one of the things that pops to mind is what is the intent or the goal of the person or entity you're hearing the the hot tip from or, or the offhand tip from? You know, that's always critically important, I think. Is the goal of that person, is it to sell you something? a hot investment, an asset class, gold, silver, whatever. And what's their financial motivation in selling you that? Uh, Likewise, are they selling some sort of a subscription service? I think it's always where they're getting paid for you to subscribe to something because I found that with those kinds of things, sensationalism sells. And so they, you know, we're usually pretty sensational in their headlines to get you want to subscribe. And that doesn't mean that some of those services aren't valuable, not at all. I'm just saying you always have to look at what is the end goal of the person or entity that you're hearing this message from or this tip from. So that's number one. But then the other thing is, How can you buy into a certain asset or a specific holding without knowing your own unique financial situation and goals? And that's why I think you always should be acting with caution. I'm I'm such a big believer that we handle our finances to achieve an outcome that we desire. And that doesn't mean that we can't have a piece of our money where we want to try to maybe do a stock tip or two, or four, or six. But that's part of our overall financial plan and understanding that when you take flyers on individual stocks or individual asset classes like gold, you're going to hit, you you very well may hit on some, but you're probably going to miss on some too. So it has potential to be more volatile. And I have found, you know, up until this year, really since 2009, We've been on an incredible bull market run. And so when, you know, you hear about results or stock tip services that have provided tremendous return to the investors, just remember we've been, they've been doing that amidst a bull market run. And when, when almost everything is up, almost everything is up. But when the, but you know, it's all about what you're trying to accomplish. 
So again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you can't utilize stock tips or offhand tips in your financial plan, but it should all be coordinated and planned for, that you don't take unnecessary risks with those things, and that it's a proper budget for how you want to do that. And then when the, when the financial landscape changes, it's good to readdress your financial situation and prepare for the future. You know, when you're in rebalance mode, how long has it been since you rebalanced your portfolio? You know, in the last five years, up until this year, technology stocks have really just boomed. And so, it, you know, that, but we don't invest now for what's happened in the past five years. We invest with an eye for the next five years. And things kind of ebb and flow. Likewise, we don't know if technology stocks are going to go up and continue to surge at some point in the future. So it's all about diversification. You want a mix of, of, of technology, but you also want to have some good value holdings and things like that. So I, I like to use an analogy here. It's very important not to chase returns. And you know, the hot investment. And chasing returns to me, the best uh, example of that is driving in rush hour traffic. You know, you're on I-40 out in West Knoxville, or maybe you're on I-75 in North Knoxville or, or, or down south of Knoxville in the North City, and it's it's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. And you're in a three lanes, and you're in the middle lane, and you're literally stop and go, stop and go. And then you look over to the left, and you notice that that lane is just steadily moving. What do you do? You get over into the left lane, right? And then what happens? That lane stops, and the lane that you left, the middle lane, starts moving steadily. And that's what it's like chasing returns. You know, fundamentally, I believe that markets are very unpredictable. We never know when we're going to boom or bust, or we're going to have inflation or stagflation or deflation. But we know that in any of those economic environments, there are asset classes that can perform. And so it's about measuring your short and long-term goals and not trying to time market movements. And that's where things can get really, really tricky, and I think it's critical to have a plan in place. How are you going to structure income in the short term where you don't de depend on stock market movements? How are you going to plan for growth of assets in the long term to beat inflation? But be careful not to bet on the market, now, I, or, or bet on specific segments of the market in the short term. Is it okay to do that with a small piece of your investments? Yes but only if it's within the overall risk tolerance of what will help you meet your goals and what you're comfortable with. You know, when it comes to risk tolerance, there's a couple of questions there. How much risk do you need to take? How much risk can you afford to take? And then the second is, how much risk do you want to take? And those may be two different answers. But it's just so critical to have a plan in place so that when you take risk, it's, it's budgeted for in your plan. And one thing I do want to stress is I, I want to talk just real quickly before our first break about the S&P 500 stock index because so many people 
look at that as a benchmark and peg their returns to that. And many of you may own the S&P 500 index as an investment. You know, there are lots of index funds, both mutual funds and ETFs, exchange-traded funds, that are invested in the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is an index of the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. stock market. It is a weighted average. And what that means is the largest stocks, the largest capitalized stocks, have the greatest impact on the movement of that index. In other words, if there's 500 companies in the S&P 500, they don't each have an equal impact on the movement of that index. The largest companies have the biggest impact in the movement of that index. Well, now the top five, six companies are all technologically based companies. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, companies like that. So it's become a lot more correlated to the NASDAQ index, which is a technology-driven index. And so the reason I mention that is you have to be careful. If you're heavy on S&P 500 stocks or, or, or that index, that's done great because technology stocks have really surged so much the last five years up until this year. But, you know, things ebb and flow. So that is a perfect example of why reevaluating your portfolio periodically, rebalancing your portfolio, making sure you have the right mix of growth stocks and values, bellwether U.S. company stocks. It, these things have to always be evaluated and rebalanced as market conditions change. Now, when we come back from our first break, we're going to talk about the critical importance of knowing your risk tolerance in retirement and how key that is, both in terms of your income in retirement and your long-term security. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and we're all with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again from 3 to 4 p.m. We, you can check out all of our podcasts of our shows online. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. Uh, we're getting closer to me kicking off my fall series of classes at local universities. University of uh, Tennessee and also Pellissippi State Community College through their adult education programs. My next one's at Pellissippi State on August the 30th, and this is a one-night class. This is a new class, Income Planning for Retirement. Because as you transition from a savings and accumulation phase of life into a spending and distribution phase, it creates a unique set of pressures and stresses that can threaten your nest egg. How do you create reliable retirement income to ensure you aren't withdrawing funds when markets are choppy or down from the actual stock market. So I'll cover things like when to draw Social Security benefits, protecting income against inflation, and how to structure your income in retirement so you can make the most out of your money in retirement. Again, that class is on August the 30th, which is a Tuesday evening from 6.30 to 8.30 out at Pellissippi State Community College in Hardin Valley, 
through their adult education programs. And then my financial survival for retirement class, which is a two-part class, is at the University of Tennessee through their adult education on September 20th and 27th. All of these are open for registration. If you go to broganfinancial.com and click on classes, you can then click a link to go to the to go to a page to download a syllabus and, and learn all about those and click to register with both Pellissippi State and the University of Tennessee. As the financial landscape changes, it is wise to address your risk tolerance and to see if your retirement portfolio reflects your risk tolerance. For example, when markets were in an upward trend, certain growth-oriented assets may have increased in value more, taking up a higher percentage of your portfolio, like just what I just talked about with something as simple as the S&P 500 stock index. When markets are trending up, that may not have felt like such a bad thing, but now that the landscape is changing, those assets may not serve you as well going forward. That's why it's it's, it's critical to periodically readdress your risk tolerance, but it can be a tricky thing to gauge and rebalance. Investing is all about balancing risk and reward. Financial planning, investments, portfolio management, it's all about balancing risk and reward. You know, we all want to make money. No one wants to lose money. So, but there's a, the, the reality is in markets, markets have booms and markets have busts. We just don't know when the next ones are going to be. We don't know when the next boom cycle is going to start. We don't know when the next bust cycle is going to start. But we know that those things, we're going to go through those types of ups and downs. But we also know, you know, people have, lots, so many people have asked me in the past few months, Jim, what's the best way to fight inflation? In the long term, historically, the stock market has been the best way to fight inflation. Now, in shorter periods of time, are there specific asset classes that help hedge inflation? Sure. But in the long term, the stock market is the best way to fight inflation. Problem is, in the short term, you have tremendous stock market volatility, wins the next boom, and wins the next bust. So we have to evaluate downside risk with upside reward. Nobody wants to lose money, but we want to make money. The great thing is we have, we have tools now where we can very, very predictably measure risk and reward. You know, we know past results don't guarantee future results in the market. We do know that past risk metrics are a pretty good predictor of future risk. Now, again, anything can happen. Markets are unpredictable. But as a rule, we can measure risk in a portfolio to have a pretty good idea for, hey, when we have the next bust, which we're in one now. We're, we're technically in a bear market right now. But in a bust, how much would you expect to lose in any given portfolio? So you can kind of see the trade-off of, hey, if the, if the stock market is down, 40%, how much, which is, by the way, the, about the average bear market since 1900 is about a 40% downturn, and that happens about every eight years. If the market is down 40%, how much would we expect your portfolio to be down? 
we can get a pretty good idea. I mean, can you get something a little bit out of the ordinary? Sure. Could you get something way out of the ordinary? I guess I can't rule that out, but it'd be very unlikely based on measuring the past. So in other words, you can have a reasonably decent idea of what happens in busts. And then the flip side of that is when we go through a boom and the market soars for a period of, let's say, three years, what would we expect a, uh, your return to be relative to the stock market? So we can get a pretty good sense of, in any given portfolio, what is your downside risk when we have busts, which we will have, and what is your upside reward potential in the good markets? And how does that balance? You know, if you don't want to lose as much in the downward busts that inevitably happen, then you're going to have to have more diversification and balance in your investments to hedge the stock market and to hedge stock market risk. And that means that when the market is up, you're not going to make as much. So it's a balancing act. But let's look at, you know, when we look at all of the things that can happen economically, there are really only four things that can happen to some degree. Either our economy is expanding or contracting, and everything in between, and we have inflation or deflation and everything in between. That's really the only four things that can happen to various degrees. I fundamentally believe we don't know when one of those cycles is going to stop and when the next one's going to begin. What I do know in almost any of those particular economic e eventualities, there are going to be asset classes that are going to perform better than others. So when you are needing income from your investments in retirement, you don't have the, the same type of time horizon to wait for the stock market to go through the inevitable ups and downs. So you need some investments in your mix that aren't as volatile as the stock market and that help. Hedge is a good word. Investments that can hedge that when stocks are way down, they can help absorb some of that blow and they can help balance the performance of stocks. There are many ways to do that. There are, you know, the most traditional way to do that has been bonds. But bonds right now have just taken a bath because interest rates have been going up. But you know what? Those things can move in cycles. But there are also other non-traditional types of holdings that, you know, diversification means you have things that don't move up and down together. So if one thing zigs, another thing zags. So that if the stock market's way down, hopefully not everything's way down. So no matter what happens, you know, the idea is you've, if you have 9 or 10 or 11 things, some of those non-standard, non-traditional assets could be, you know, natural resources, energy, commodities, non-traditional bonds, bonds that specifically can go up with rising interest rates. So you, so, you know, you own a little bit of a lot of different things instead of a lot of only two or three things. Most people that come into my office that want an evaluation or a review or a second opinion, Jim, tell me how I'm doing. Where am I potentially exposed? How am I doing? Most people only own two or three, maybe four different asset classes as opposed to nine or ten or eleven. Now, if you're not going to need to touch your money for 15 or 20 years, it's okay to be much more growth-oriented and be much heavier in things like stocks and real estate investment. But if you, 
need money before then and you need your portfolio to not be as choppy, you need to hold more things that can help balance the stock market risk. And that means that when markets are down, you shouldn't be down as much. Now, that also means when markets boom, you're not going to be up as much because you're going to have things that are lagging. And that's what hedging does. Uh, the last thing I want to mention in this segment is there's one asset class almost no one holds that I think is critical in today's world, and that is do you own volatility, meaning when the stock market is volatile, you have an investment that specifically makes money based on the stock market volatility. And what we really want is we want to own downside volatility. You, you know, that, that's a great way to hedge stock market risk is owning downside volatility. So when the market is sharply down, you've got a small piece of your portfolio that is making money, and the more it's down, the better it does. But there's a cost for that type of a hedging, and that cost is when the market booms, you don't make as much. The great news is we can measure those kinds of things and have a pretty good idea of the balance between risk in, in bad markets, the downside risk, and the upside reward in the good markets. So measuring risk, measuring potential rewards, and structuring the investments to take advantage of all of those things. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about are your retirement accounts working together to achieve your goal? How are you structuring income? How could your social security strategy affect your investment plan? So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. It's great to be with you this morning on More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. It's important to be aware of the factors that affect markets in your portfolios, but it's also important to make sure your accounts, your investment accounts, and your retirement accounts are working in tandem with each other. You may have many different retirement accounts that are tailored for different goals and have different benefits and penalties, tax implications. How do you fit these retirement puzzle pieces together? Well, I think one thing to focus on is Social Security and how your Social Security strategy affects your investment plan. You know, your, your Social Security timeline should be strategized with your investment accounts and particularly your retirement accounts, your IRAs, 401ks, and 403bs, and other company plans. Retiring at a late age, a later age, may yield you more Social Security benefits. So are your retirement accounts strategized to support you until you officially claim Social Security? You know, if you put off, let's say you retire at 65, 66 years old, and you decide to delay Social Security. Now, 
by the way, we're not going to get in great depth of Social Security election today. Uh, we have many times in this show, and if you go to my, my website, broganfinancial.com, and click on radio, you can actually pull up by category. You could type in Social Security and pull up things to listen on Social Security election. But here's the thing. Bottom line, let's say you retire at 65, 66, and you decide to delay Social Security, but you need income. Well, that means you're going to have to withdraw from your savings. And that has a couple of big implications. One is, how's that withdrawal taxed for income tax? You know, if you take it out of your IRA or your 401k, it's more than likely all of it, if not most of it, is fully taxed as ordinary income. And, you know, withdrawals from IRAs are, are taxed as ordinary income. You don't get long-term capital gains tax treatment. You don't get in, any investment taxation uh, benefits when you withdraw from IRAs. So how is it taxed? And then the second thing that's maybe even more critical, what do you do when markets are down? You know, one of the keys you know, what if you retire at 65 and your Social Security strategy is to wait till 70 and the market's significantly down and your investments are down 15, 20, 25 percent? I mean, you don't want to cash them in and spend the money as, in, as income when they're down. You know, it's okay to sell something when it's down and reinvest it, but you don't want to sell it and spend it. That's one of the keys overall to wealth management is don't spend an investment loss. But if you need income, you would have to sell those investments and spend them. So you need a strategy that if you're going to delay Social Security, you have investments you can pull from for income purposes that are not in the stock market, that don't, that don't wildly vacillate in value because inevitably things that... that move dramatically in value can be sharply down and that's where you can get into trouble you know one of the keys is don't cash don't spend an investment loss uh, especially i mean i'm not concerned about being down five or six or seven percent i'm concerned about being down 20 percent and then you sell it and spend it for income now you could have that plan going in and then say well the market is sharply down jim i'm going to go ahead and draw social security so I don't have to tap, it, tap into those investment assets while they're sharply down. And, and you know, that might be, in, in today's market, that might be a strategy for you. My preference, though, is to look ahead at this type of stuff and make a plan for it so you're not, you're not at the whims of the stock market determining, A, when you can retire, and B, what your Social Security strategy is. Because then you're letting outside market forces dictate your plan and this is where your plan is specific to you and it goes back to that first segment not buying you know what do you do about the hot investment or the offhand stock tip how does it fit into your plan overall and not being reactionary but being you know looking ahead and being proactive with how you handle all of your accounts. Uh, the taxation is a critical component. And Roth IRAs, you know, offer some, some tremendous benefits from a tax planning perspective. 
So how are you utilizing Roth IRA if you have a Roth option in your 401k, there's no income limit on using a Roth 401k. There is an income limit on contributing to a Roth IRA. However, there is no income limitation on a Roth conversion, where you take money out of your IRA, traditionally, and you convert it to a, to a Roth IRA. You pay the income tax now, and then after five years, that money is income tax-free forever. So, you know, could, could tax-free distributions from a Roth help you in your Social Security strategy, in maximizing Social Security if you want to lay to 70? Well, sure. This is the type of example I'm talking about where all of these things have to be kind of married together. They're pieces to a puzzle. How do you intentionally plan for income taxes and how do you structure investments to not be at the whims of the stock market in the short term? And how do you take advantage of the long-term growth stock opportunities in the stock market to beat inflation without worrying about short-term risk and balancing and diversifying your investments, which is all of these things I've talked about. By the way, if you've missed part of this show, number one, we podcast it every week. It'll be on our website Tuesday afternoon, broganfinancial.com. Click on radio. Uh, we're also, if you know, we're on every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. And again, the show reruns from 3 to 4 p.m. If, if you're listening in the morning and want to catch part of it in the afternoon because you missed part of it, uh, it's just critically important of how these different pieces of the puzzle, how they all fit together. And then the income plan becomes so critically important. So I want to give an example here. Like let's say we've got two 62-year-olds. And both 62-year-olds are still working. One of you is planning on retiring in a year, year and a half, maybe sometime next year, maybe towards the end of the year. And then the other of you is planning on working another 10 years until you're 72, which is, of course, when you have to start taking money out of your retirement account, with, with few exceptions. So I would say that those two individuals, the 62-year-old that's retiring in a year and the 62-year-old that's retiring in 10 years, more than likely could not be any more different in terms of what your financial plan should be covering. What are the different risks to your financial success? What are the different opportunities that you can capitalize along the way? What are your tax planning opportunities now and over the next 10 years? And more importantly, what's your income tax burden going to be once you're in your 70s? So those two people more than likely could not be any more different in what their retirement plan that includes their risk profile of their investment mix could not be any more different what is their social security strategy so this is just another example of you know what's good for you for your neighbor may not be good for you what's good for your coworker may not be good for you now all of these things are things that I talk about in my overall in, in the, the class that the University of Tennessee holds, I'm the instructor. It's called Financial Survival for Retirement. 
And the next class at the University of Tennessee is September 20th and 27th. I cover seven key areas of how you can structure your, your comprehensive plan to be successful in retirement or to give you the best opportunity to be successful. You can go to financialsurvivalforretirement.com to get more information. You can download a syllabus and you can click to register. Now, I am having a one-night class just on income planning at Pellissippi State Community College through Pellissippi State at their Hardin Valley location. And it is specifically about income planning. How do you mitigate taxes on, the, on your income? How do you structure investments to provide stability of income in the short term? growth of income in the long term? How do you merge your social security strategy? A lot of these things I've been talking about in this segment, it's just a one night, two hour course you, through Pellissippi State. You can go to my website, broganfinancial.com and click on classes. And you can click there to, to find out more information on that class. It's on August the 30th, which is a Tuesday evening from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. You can also call Pellissippi State at 539-7167. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about how to plug additional holes that may be in your retirement plan. What are some additional risks out there? Some you may have factored in, some you may not have. The, the one that really jumps to mind that many of you are thinking about right now is inflation, but are there some other ones that maybe pop up their head that could be risks? Stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here at News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here at News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Thanks for listening this week as we're on every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. and again, 3 to 4 p.m., you can catch all of our podcasts, all of our shows, and our dollars and cents segments online, as well as our retirement minutes, which we run every week on this station. Uh, you can go to broganfinancial.com and click on class, oh, excuse me, click on radio. Also, if you just want to come directly into the office and have us give you a, third, a second opinion, you know, I found uh, never hurts to get a second opinion. No, uh, you know, nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. We'd love to give you a second opinion. Very rarely do I look at a situation and, and not uncover some, either some opportunities or some un, uh, un overlooked risks. We do provide a complimentary consultation. We are a fiduciary financial advisor. We're fee-based. We don't have any interest in selling you uh, any kind of a mutual fund or stock or bond or annuity or insurance or anything. We, we, all we care about is helping you achieve your goals. Uh, again, go to brokenfinancial.com. There's a tab there. You'll, you'll see a window there where you can register if you'd like to have a complimentary consultation. Now, most of retirement planning focuses on things like income planning, how do I invest my portfolio, what do I do for Social Security. Many people overlook tax planning. Where are there some potholes, overlooked risks that often go unaddressed in retirement planning construction. Well, one that often goes overlooked that I, th I, I think probably right now you're not overlooking is inflation. 
you know, up until the last year and a half or so, inflation was being overlooked by most people in retirement or planning for retirement because inflation rates were very low. You know, really from not from 19 from 2009 to, to, to through through really a year and a half ago, the inflation rate was under two percent for the most part for all of those years. So we had very low inflation. The Fed is saying they have a target rate of 2%. Of course, the year-over-year inflation for June has just been released this past week. It's 9.1%. So we're very well aware when we go to the gas pumps and when we go to the grocery stores and when we buy things, we're very well aware of inflation. So I just want to say a few words about inflation. Um, when you're doing retirement planning, you should be looking at a three to five year rolling average when it comes to something like inflation. You know, inflation is inflation going to, how long will we be at 9% or 8%? I don't know. I do think it's going to be up there for a while, deep into this year. Do I think we're going to be at 8% or 9% inflation two years from now? I don't. Do I think prices are getting reset at a higher rate? I largely do, with the ex maybe with the exception of something like energy, maybe travel costs, maybe maybe car used to new car prices may come down. But I think for the most part, prices are getting reset at higher amounts. But that means future inflation we wouldn't necessarily expect to continue at 8 or 9 percent. And, and, and actually, just since the inflation number was released at 9.1 percent this week, just, uh, just later this week, they, you know, inflation expectations later in the year are expected to come down. Now, that doesn't mean they will. I mean, how long have people been saying that? I mean, it sounds like a broken record. But, you know, we wouldn't expect inflation over longer periods of time to average 8 or 9 percent. You know, right now, inflation, if you look at where we've been historically, there's more similarities between now and after World War II. In 1947, inflation was at 20%. And if you think about it, the economy was completely rebooting, and we had broken supply chain after World War II. So there's a lot of similarities, but there are some key differences. And if Federal Reserve, if the Fed actions and money policies and things like that are not proper, could this turn into the 70s? Yes, it could. I don't think we're there yet. I think it's still more similar to the 60s, or excuse me, to the 40s. But it could turn into the 70s. But over long periods of time, we don't, you know, we don't expect inflation if you're retiring today to be you know, even 6% per year for the next 30 years. Historically, it's averaged about 3. If we take out the late 70s, it's averaged about 2.5. But it's still a powerful opponent to retirement income. So critically important is long-term growth of your investments to fight inflation. you just got to have that short-term stability of income. And then you've got to have a plan to fight medical costs, uh, we've had many, many segments and shows of that in the past. You can learn more about that. Go to brokenfinancial.com and click on radio. 
Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. We've discussed your health because, or excuse me, your wealth because greater wealth provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Next week, we will have on Doug Lawyer. He's with the Knoxville Chamber, and we're going to talk about economic development here in Knoxville. Thank you for tuning in to More Living here on News Talk 98.7. Have a great weekend. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.